I don't even know which W to end with. It's like WW something. Like I get, I get them mixed up. I'm not a WW Tatanka. They're no longer a federation. So they... <laughs> no, not at all. They're just an enterprise. We are not the Confederated States of Worldwide Wrestling. <laughs> the the SSWWWE. <laughs> the SS Smackdown. Oh, the SS Smackdown is very good. Set phasers to top rope. Is there a wrestling cruise? Because that would be oh, like, where they have a ring on the yacht. Depends on how long it has to be staying in quarantine. Reporting in from the USFC Raw. <laughs> <laughs> the worst ladder match in history. Um, <laughs> that does not have tender loving care or tables, ladders, and chairs. Well, I would personally like to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of D20 Questions, the show that introduces the forbidden seventh stat of girth. <laughs> uh, my name is Law, and I am the Elminster of Dong Jokes. <laughs> I am Zach, and my phylactery is a dirty bag of old Crunchwrap Supremes. How much do you pay for that Crunchwrap bag? Uh, with us today is our good friend Patch, uh, who is doing some very exciting things right now. Uh, you currently have some things that I think well, of course we'll be he's doing to hear about. He's talking to us. Yeah, I'm right, talking to you right guys. now at this moment only. This is this is the most excited it's I've ever. It's all downhill read. from here. Yeah, you know, I've, I was actually just looking outside, and it seems that everything is downhill. I'm I'm on the toppest top of a mountain right now which is creepy because there's no window in here no actually it's bizarre but you know i passed on that on that perception jack so we are basically to tabletop gaming what long-haul trucking is to chinese politics mm. which is to say we don't really have anything to do with it but uh why don't you give us a breakdown of the exciting thing that is happening right now well right now um i ended up introducing my tabletop game that i wrote um called terranary and uh, it's sci-fi, it's future or past. We don't know. Uh, the the concept is there it's one is of those. yeah, it's <laughs> one of those far flung oh future past. I would I would use a very catchphrasey kind of opening, but I really don't want to go trademarks. Mm -hmm. So how about we go with uh, the concept that uh, Terranary is a solar system that has seven planets. One sun, three of those planets are actually in the Goldilocks zone, so it actually is inhabitable. Billions of human beings live on the three worlds. They all like their porridge at different temperatures. Oh, yes, right. they certainly do. Absolutely. That was the cause of the first interplanetary war, actually. <laughs> it was porridge, of course. And Your cream of wheat blows! <laughs> oh, my God, it's so bad. Anyway, the three planets uh, have to work together, so they ended up finding their own kind of EU, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's a moon that they half terraformed. Wow. Well, so we're getting a lot of like juicy steak bits on the mm -hmm. actual like lore of the world. But what is uh, what are you doing with it right now? So the interesting thing is that it's actually on Kickstarter as we speak. So Ooh. it will be on yeah. Kickstarter through to the 24th of February 2020. Well, we're going to get this out as soon as we can. Then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to actually have to play cutsies with the last two episodes we've been sitting on. Like a lazy chicken hatching a dead egg. Oh, sorry, Max. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dave. <laughs> That's what you get. Uh, well, uh, like any good lotion, this is both fresh and topical. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's exciting when we get to record things live, like during, like we're like in the middle of the Kickstarter right now. Absolutely. Like we're kind of right in it. So yeah. How well, how is that going? Well, it actually did get its funding. So yeah. it is already reached there. Um, we have stretch goals that we're trying to get to. The thing about the, the Kickstarter that I wanted to make sure of was the fact that it was uh, Portland made, Portland created, Portland artists, Portland printing, Portland creation, and for the world. And that's really what I was trying to work my butt off on trying to get to is is that it was going to be something that 
we can make here and be part of this scene. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, everybody's trying to come up with something these days. So it's sure. good, but I wanted to always continue on with the idea that Portland's a DIY town and we mm. like doing it ourselves. I think that's a great thing to bring into like gaming production too, is having everything, you know, be like really local, no letting people know like we're paying our artists a fair rate. Like that's something if I knew about in a business, I would be 10 times more likely to invest in it. Yeah. Just because I'm in that scene. Like if they're yeah. doing it, then maybe, maybe <laughs> we can. And as soon as we're making any significant amount of money, we'll be paying our artists too. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're in it for the long, playing the long game. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Um, I had some questions that, I, and I actually, this literally just came to me in like the past 30 seconds because I've been working all day and I was like, I need some, some good juicy questions. And I realized like I kind of did some help with promotion because I run, you know, the memes page, blah, blah, blah. We did get some comments and I was like, you know what? I can ask this person in person uh, about like the first impression that a lot of just randos across the country got by looking at the Kickstarter. Perfect. And one of them is they wanted more information on how the system works mm-hmm. because they didn't want to invest in something that they didn't. They're like, okay, it's a D12 system. What does that mean? Right. And I'm like, well, of course, part of investing in a game company company is that you don't if they just give out the rules before the the funding is done then that's kind of giving right. away the whole meat and bones of the thing but uh what was your choice in like building it like that i mean are you trying to entice people to learn the system or i absolutely am i wanted them to uh to learn the system that's brand new so the concept here is that i'm running it on a d12 instead of on your standard d20s or on d6s or on D10s. The Barbarian die. Yeah, the for Barbarian us, die for everybody. D, D&D nerds. Can yeah. I just say, I've actually always felt like the D12 was a better designed die than the D20. It is it's such just, a beautiful... I love it, it's great. A dodecahedron is a gorgeous die. Oh. Plus, on top of it all, a, t- a 12-sided die, f- pentagram shapes. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Really, let's have some fun here. But 2D12 is what, what the whole system runs on. The concept is that you have your stats. One side is for your mind. One side is for your matter. And you're going to always roll 2d12 for Mm -hmm. every stat, every action, every activity, including every combat. Mm. And the idea is that one will balance and one will counterbalance. And I do do like the idea of body versus mind in like any action. Because sometimes like I'm freshly caffeinated and focused, but my I'm just all thumbs. Yeah. Like fucking fumble fingers. (laughs) So I do do like that at any given time and be like the body is willing, but the mind is too tired kind of thing. Like I like that a lot. And vice versa. Sometimes your body is amped up and ready to go, but you are completely not focused on it. Me ever. I'll take your no, word on no, that no, one because no, no. it's never described me once ever. <laughs> Body ready to go? What? <laughs> Still in the shop. Uh, so that's very exciting. One of the other questions I saw was um, they were wondering what Zine Quest is. Okay. Because um, they looked at it and they said, I don't want to back something that is hiding another project underneath it. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. really not what's happening. No. But, you know, maybe you could put it into words better than I could. Sure. Kickstarter decided uh, last year that they would end up making something called Zine Quest. So they were looking for an easier, direct way of getting those people who were doing a DIY project, making it in zine form. In the old days, for beautiful hardback editions and everything else with great art and everything else, kids and guys and gals and everybody in between were making zines and they Mm -hmm. were getting their rules out and quick art and sketching it and just going down and getting it printed off on Xerox copy machines and we would learn from that. (laughs) Right. Use your student ID. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, any chance you can, right? And Mm -hmm. and they just wanted to kickstart to try something like that and see how many people out there wanted to do it really quick. Because I learned like I didn't know really anything about what Zine Quest was in full. I know it's like an umbrella that Kickstarter has created to kind of, you know, nurture these small specific book formats. But is it mostly tabletop RPGs or some of them like comic books? Some Some of them are comic books, but Zine Quest was specifically set up to be an actual RPG 
scenario and otherwise. Mm. And the weird thing was that I didn't do it last year because I was very busy and just life in general, but I had seen it. And so when I missed the window, I thought, eh, no problem. When I saw it was coming back for this year, nice. I was hooked. I was ready. So I had also been working hard on getting Terranary prepared. I was getting the uh, the dice system written up. I was trying to find good artists and I found amazing ones here in Portland. So oh, I was yeah. just over the moon, over the, the, the timing was just hitting exactly right. Nice. So it worked out well. Um, we're funded. We're going to do the initial zine. We're going to go from there. This Probably is so has, informative. This yeah. is like almost off template. But I love it. This is great. This is nourishing me. Any questions? Oh, God, no. Wow. Questions? Questions. Holy cow. Well, I thought since we're talking about editing and producing things mm -hmm. and like all the art and stuff, I would bring up a nice history check. Oh, history check. So uh, here's my little tidbit for the day. 1994 uh, was a year of a hilarious blemish on the Dungeons & Dragons franchise. Uh, one of the coolest sets of books to come out of AD&D, in my humble opinion, was the four thick volumes of the Encyclopedia Magica, which we've talked about on a previous episode mm -hmm. with uh, NPC. Uh, it's a brilliant archive of magic items collected from previous D&D modules, rulebooks, and sourcebooks. One of the lead editors noticed that the word mage was used far too many times throughout the books. And at that time, TSR was focusing on using the word wizard instead of mage for more clarity throughout the rules. And so the assignment went down the chain of command to swap out all the words mage with wizard. And uh, word editors often have a global search and replace option, which is perfect for this kind of job. Unless, of course, the editor misses a space in the image line, resulting in 16 pages published that included the word do-wizard, D-A-W-I-Z-A-R-D, and in a few examples, D-I-W-Z-A-R-D. Confusing readers with descriptions of what could have either been a knockoff Pokemon or the description of a magic user in Jamaica. <laughs> and uh, this kind of lives on as an editor's horror story throughout the game publishing world, making sure that the anal retentive nerds that double check each and every sentence before they go out. And I find it ironic that the book of Arcane Magic was the one most in need of a good spell check. <laughs> da Wizard. Da Wizard. Da Wizard. Da Wizard. Jesus. So little things you would never think about that happened. And this is like, I can't even remember. I know I was using word processors in 1994, but like, I can't remember like what they were capable of. Like, I didn't even think if you would ask me, like, do they have search options in 94? I would be like, I will note that every article I read about this was very clear to state that this person never worked in the industry again. <laughs> oh, They're basically man. like 86 from the concept Ouch. of gaming at all. Jeez. Brutal. That's, that's a way to go out is, you know, spell check killed my career. <laughs> So what are you doing for editing and stuff? Are you doing all that yourself? I'm actually, uh, with with some of the funds, I do have a copy editor that wants to come in and at least double check to make sure that everything I write awesome. is going to be right there. So we're we're going we're going fresh. We're going good. So That's awesome. I didn't know how dumb I was until I had a copy editor. <laughs> like, I would have thought that I had a little bit of understanding of syntax and sentence format, but boy, was I wrong. Yeah, but you know, it, it Ma is, is a wonderfully written piece, oh, so you. I will say that. So. I didn't know you were familiar. I, I mean, obviously around absolutely. orcs, but... I'm, I, I am, but you know, I've, 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 I've done my research as well, so... The Kickstarter thing is, it was interesting to look at how many other zine creators for Zine Quest 2 mm -hmm. were in Portland, or at least even just the Cascadia really? region. And I found at least six others that are huh. also making zines in this area, including one that's currently being made in Shiraz Land. What is it called? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Eternia? Yeah, in Eternia. Wow. There's one that's being made in Eternia. That's and it's cool. and it's modern. It's the modern remade one of Shira. Very... My brain was screaming Equestria. Like, like <laughs> exactly. No! at the top of its lungs. <laughs> that, that would be my daughter's place game. in the back here, you know? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is, she is a huge brony. That is a, can you imagine the fusion of He-Man and My Little Pony? Oh, Done. God. Now it has to happen. Oh, <laughs> what would it be called? 
called. <laughs> well, depending on what parts of the internet you go to, it's already happened. Oh yeah, there's some <laughs> slash, power of some gray mare. Slash, nice, yes, gray mare, love it. I got. I guarantee there's some nasty shit. Yeah, that is a place we dare not tread. <laughs> uh, fantastic. So, I mean, I it does make sense that you get a lot of like small zines. When I think about it, I'm like, I think about Portland. I've lived here long enough to be like, you know, there's a lot of fucking nerds here who all you know feel like they're ready to put some stuff out there. I don't know what and you're talking I think about. That's awesome, <laughs> right? Um, but it makes sense. Like, I'm trying to figure out like what other hotspots in the country would have like such a huge set. Obviously, like Seattle's yeah. a huge one. Seattle's got a bunch up there right now. Like San Francisco, Montreal. I saw Montreal. Montreal had a bunch. Interesting. Uh, a couple from New York and L.A. But you know, yeah, honestly, they're already those are barely cities. They're, they're not. <laughs> they're, I don't think they're messing with, with with Kickstarter. I think they're just doing their own scenes. They, they can they can cut out the middleman and pretty much just yeah. do it. Yeah. Do you um, know like how well you're doing in comparison to some of the other ones? Is uh, that like something it, you're checking? Right now, I think it's by percentage. Is is mm. you know where because everybody has their own level of what has to be done in order to be completely funded and yeah. what they're able to afford and what they want to do. I'm sure, I get everyone's very stretch modest. goals were very different. Very yeah. different. I found your your goals were very reasonable. I tried those. to be. And I mean, I I ultimately wanted to make sure that the rewards were what people were willing to invest in, and that. Mm. Um, when we got funded, we would be able to go ahead and go above and beyond. And I just said straightforward, you know, I will only need about 600 to, to print this. And then if we get to a thousand, that ensures that the artists are getting fully compensated. Nice. After that, it's, you know, we're going to add on other things like stickers. Um, there's a possibility if we get past 1500, that maybe I can end up writing an actual full adventure to go along with oh, that's awesome. as well. Nice. So it'll be a secondary zine that will go along with it. Hell yeah. I feel like that's a great accompaniment to any new system that comes out is just like the introductory, like the Lost Minds of Fallon Never for, for this or, you know, the Sunless Citadel kind of thing. Good call. Um, I had a really poignant question I was going to draw, but I just I'm sure you did. Oh, I'm sure so, you did. So fucking poignant. I'm just going to fill the air with describing how juicy and poignant <laughs> this question was. You just uh, really like the word poignant. Oh, it's so And good. now a word for our sponsor. Uh, tonight we are drinking some Rebel Yell with the Cock and Bull. <laughs> I want to start saying uh, what kind of things we're drinking during the show to hopefully get some local sponsors to donate some drinks while we're doing our interviews. I mean, you know, everybody likes to have a good Rebel Yell. And while there's a lot of game creating apparently in Portland, there's also a lot of breweries, yeah, believe it or not. And distilleries. Who knew? Who'd have Who thunk? Knew? In this town, people actually make alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I was in Texas up until literally yesterday, uh, and everyone there has exactly the perception of Portland that you would think they do. Like everyone is like, mm-hmm. well, you don't really have enough of a beard to be from Portland, do you? Right. Have look- you ever made your own beer? <laughs> They're looking through plaid colored glasses. <laughs> <laughs> It was so weird. Like every time I mentioned I was from Portland, they asked something like that. And I'm like, well, you, do you own a gun and a cow? And they're like, yes. So, <laughs> yes. Touche. Well uh, played. Well played. It's funny how like 100% I am behind people putting out this kind of like new system with like an interesting backstory. And like just like knowing that there's like smaller companies that are making content and how 100% unavailable I am to actually play or read or look at them <laughs> and learn about them. Because every time I learn about it, like, yes, I am so glad this is getting made right now. I'm probably never going to get to yes, play this heads up. That's totally fair. <laughs> and it totally kills me. Where um, do you find the time to like dig into that many indie games? It's crazy. I know. I, people are like Humble Bundle and I'm like, I can't even play like the mm-hmm. AAA games okay. like what are you talking about moment of absolute abject shame i have 942 games on steam Whoa. i have played less than 100 wow 
that's how I feel with this because I will back this kind of Kickstarter any day of the week and then it's just a PDF collecting dust on my hard drive it is all from Humble Bundles mm-hmm. I, I'm not out there buying $900 worth or 900 fucking games all at full price that is not me <laughs> I did I did do that with this I will say that is that I was very tempted to do the PDF mm-hmm. version of this and I chose not to Yeah, I chose not to put it out as a PDF immediately I wanted it to be something that you had to actually order interesting and and my thinking was along those lines of I want you to at least know that we went to the trouble of and we went to the effort of making this something that you would physically tangibly be able to hold on to and see hmm. that's interesting I've never actually in the past several years heard of it not being I, I mean I'm totally into this idea mm-hmm. I just like it seems like PDFs are almost like the backbone of gaming Fair. they're also the backbone of piracy <laughs> <laughs> well it gets me though is I can't stand using PDFs for tabletop games I cannot mm-hmm. stand it I hate mm. doing it like every time I have a book in my hand I'm like let me just find that page and I put my finger in and there it is totally but like I'm like on the PDF and I'm like hold on I got to go to like the chapters and like okay go here and then ugh. but what I do love about PDFs is looking at something before I buy it yes that that is the truth. Is I would never want to like bring it at the table and have like some fucking mm. Amazon fire <laughs> like PDFs yeah. of D&D books on it I would much rather, yeah, hold yeah, it, you want to see it in my big hands. But uh, that's a part of what my updates have been about for the Kickstarter is making sure that people can actually see some of the work that's actually going into it. So they're sure. getting some of the imagery that's, that the artists are making and some of the writing that I'm making as well for it. And though I'm not putting that through the copy editor, I am reading it about five times before I actually get it. <laughs> and I still find errors after I put it up the first time. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, should right. I? oh you're incapable uh, of reading your own writing and not hating it. It's terrible. <laughs> it's like, oh, I should have used a different pair of precision. Reciting there. it in your head before you sleep like Arya Stark. <laughs> I, believe me, I, I slather myself every night when I write with preposition H. Really, I mean, it's just preposition that, yeah. H. Yeah, Heck yeah. for I, the anal retentive. Yeah, exactly correct. See, oh, law no. gets my jokes. I have had more moments in my life than I can count where I was like in the middle of a sentence thinking, "God, this is great," and then you and got then a hemorrhoid. <laughs> just out of the brown. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of topical things, <laughs> I'll never sit right again. Oh boy! Sorry. Please, please finish. No, I can't now. It's ruined. <laughs> no, seriously. Like you'll, you'll be in the middle of writing this paragraph, and you think it's amazing, and the second you hit period, you're like, "Oh, this is garbage." Yeah. What did yep. I do? What did I just do? Yep. The the infinite finality and questionability of a period at the end of your sentence. So I had a new segment I wanted to throw at you. I actually meant to do this with Max Hobbs, but I totally dropped the ball and forgot. So oh, I, I remember you could... billing it up like really oh, big. Oh, God, I sold it so hard. And then wait a minute, wait a minute you've had Max bitch. Hobbs on this show? Yeah. Oh, episode 11, right? <laughs> hey, oh. we already gave you an opportunity for fuck yous at the beginning. <laughs> Literally everyone knows Max. Like I went home and like my roommate was like, what were you up to? I was like, oh, we had a recording with our friend Max, Max Hobbs. And she's like, Max Hobbs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never, no, no orcs connection at all. Just yeah. everyone knows. Max him. Hobbs is, by the way, the best hugger I have met at Orcs oh, thus far. Really? Mm-hmm. I have not yet enjoyed the pleasure. Yeah, he is if I liked touching hugger. people, I would I would be a contender, but I don't. He, so he, you he might turn you. I'm sorry, I've been hugging you lately. <laughs> I, it's fine. It's mostly strangers. For some reason when you work service injury, a lot of people like decide they can touch you. Oh. And like middle aged women be like, these cookies were excellent and put their hand on my arm. I mean like, please don't touch me. Whoops, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Scared the shit out of you. <laughs> Uh, but the segment... Wait, and then, your first thought is don't touch me and not she wants the tea just because she briefly touched you? Immediate reaction. She was just Please asking for me. some more ketchup, really. That's all. We don't have ketchup. We will never have ketchup. <laughs> I, have a, I will die on the ketchupless hill. Um, 
So the the working name I had on this, which could easily and hopefully change, is a prompt and circumstance. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out two juicy words that are connected, and I thought we could use those two words to build up a kind of storytelling narrative. All right. It could be about sci-fi or fantasy. It doesn't really matter, but I think this one kind of sells itself for genre. So the two words for this one are going to be Elvon Musk. Elvon Musk. <laughs> what does that mean to you as a storyteller? It means a really poorly constructed truck that is going to make its way across a very desolate moon. Interesting. Okay. And then gets to a very large crater and stops at the end of the crater. Mm -hmm. And the guy who's piloting it turns out to look down into the crater and says, you know what I really need to do right now? I need to put the window down. <laughs> For me, Elvon Musk screams Elvin branded scent. Oh, and most oh, yeah, yeah. and most importantly, I'm thinking like like hyper future, kind of like a, a shadow run game, okay. but it's all like consumerist companies like trying to like undermine each other's smells. Right. Interesting. <laughs> like, like just really sell on top shelf. Like my musk is better. <laughs> like I could just imagine like elven fer elven pheromones. In what, every is it, what is it? Is it? Is it made out of actual elves? Like <laughs> mortar and pestle these dead oldies? <laughs> just macerate these elves and insert them into a bottle. What does the elven musk commercial tote like? What is that? What are the smells? I'm guessing like I don't know, sandalwood, uh, Birkenstocks. <laughs> <laughs> I just think elves smell like dirty old leather sandals. Like, I'm sorry. Here in the sheer. I got, I'm just, I'm like getting like strong, like tea tree oil. Like, mm -hmm. like have rich tea tree oil vibes. Mm. Mm. You know, elves don't grow any like body hair. And for me, like they're always toted as like these very clean, proper. I bet they fucking stink. Like there's no reason that they would be super clean all the time. Well, they, body hair is how you get the, the trapped in odors. You it's know? it's like, true, but it also like prevents infections and things true. like that. Uh, it can, it can. I feel like if you shaved my entire body, I would be ten times smellier. <laughs> I like I like to think of them as like hollow squintly or um or uh, like sphinx cats, where you have to like oil them regularly, mm. otherwise they start to crack and bleed. That explains just, why they're so I just, reclusive. I just imagine elves with like horrible psoriasis. Oh boy, <laughs> they're like I don't understand. Just chunky elbows on these wood elves. <laughs> Although I picture they, they probably just don't have like sweat glands. I have like some friends who just genuinely like they don't sweat. Wait, wait, wait. Does that mean they pant? <laughs> they pant, yes. <laughs> just like, Elven like, panting. I just imagine elves like running ahead and be like, God, we're so fast. We're so much better than these humans. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why they have the long ears, you know, for cooling. Mm, there you there go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, Body yeah. conditioning. <laughs> it wicks away what, Mr. Moisture? And bullshit, D&D &D biology. <laughs> <laughs> what did elves evolve from? What did elves evolve from? I really mean, stuck up monkeys. Was it, was it apes? I mean, did they have a common ancestry or did they evolve from something else? It's a good question. Maybe something more like canine in nature. Like, Maybe. Who knows? Or birds. Or birds. birds. <laughs> just a bird was like, fuck this flying shit. Weirdly an ostrich. Who would have thunk it? They're just ostriches. <laughs> elves are just ostriches. Uh, something about ostracizing. <laughs> something. Some lazy ass joke. Or something. A third of a joke from Law. That was not terrible. <laughs> uh, classic third of a joke Law. 
That's what they call him. My jokes work three times harder than yours. <laughs> well, that was a fun first draft of the prompt and circumstance. I'm really glad you brought me on for that. Thank you. Yeah, you get to you get to you get to kickstart my funny. <laughs> That's right. And by funny, I mean horribly, horribly misthought. Attempt at a new segment. Not too shabby. I like my segments. Segments are good. <laughs> it's good to have segments. They have to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> works for things with exoskeletons. I, it works I for did. Me. I did read the Maw. I really called it the Maw. I did. There were segments in that too. Yeah. Oh, there was. There <laughs> yeah. was a very segmented book. <laughs> Let's talk about my book. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk about me. So, what do you think your, about me? <laughs> what were your uh, like storytelling inspirations for the Terranary world? Okay. Now we're now we're getting into it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Thanks for dealing with us all the way if, you get if, to the. If, this in, point. If, if in twenty years it becomes like a really huge thing, what's going to show up? on the uh, people who bought this also bought (laughs) in the webpage. Or we can also say, you know, like good artists borrow, great artists steal. What did you steal from? Yeah, what did I steal from? Exactly. You you know, the the thing was, is I was a big, um, I was a big fan of Star Trek more than Star Wars. If there had to be a line in the sands, yeah, I was definitely going to be, you know, not a space wizard fan. And so I had I had to just say, yeah, don't sure. get me wrong, I love Star Wars. It's a whole genre, it's a great setup and everything else, but Trek, you know, go out there, explore, da-da-da-da-da. Right. Then I got into the problems with the Technobabble and the Q and the other problems and the Borgas over this. You know, I mean, just it just got too big. Mm-hmm. For me, it was always about the exploration it was about the space sure and then i wanted to create a world in space that was encapsulated it was a, it was a way of trying to keep it smaller so mm-hmm. instead it was always trying to go out and find the planet of the week or the race of the week or this that and the other yeah. or what conflict is going to overhaul for the season you know i i got the formulaic situation of it mm. i wanted to avoid that i wanted to make sure that it was compact and easy to understand and yet it was expansive enough that anything could happen and it was relatable sure. i didn't want it to be techno babble that was to the point of you couldn't understand it these are everything in terranary is encapsulated in these three worlds and the fact that they have no choice but to work together even Mm -hmm. if they don't like each other to have to deal with the actual triumvirate terranary system on the moon they've got to do something about it right yeah based on what i read it had the very star trekky like this is an actual like foreseeable projection of Mm -hmm. like human future Mm -hmm. and with the three planets like working together i imagine that a lot of the narrative is going to become extremely uh, like political, um, like, you know, literally like treaties and there's like smuggling and it's it's all humans doing stuff against humans. Exactly. Based off of your description, I got kind of like vaguely Firefly feels because, you know, it's it's all one solar system. It's a tight environment. You know, I'm guessing almost entirely humans. Yeah, it's entirely humans. Okay, there, are, there are no alien creatures in it. I picked up on a lot of like the moon is a harsh mistress was mm-hmm. like my thinking. Like we're literally like what happens when these planets like need to fight each other? Like what if one's controlling the other? How do you, how do you get out of that loop? They, they go to the they go to the triumvirate on Terranary. Oh. They have no choice but to go to the moon and the moon is the one that has to make the decision on whether or so not they're going to allow it or not. That's allow like it. the political system is mm-hmm. on the moon of the three planets. And they're the ones who actually create that that triumvirate council mm. they're the ones who actually run it as well so if they if they eschew it it's not like it's the one thing that will stop everything you know say we say so and we're more important than everybody mm. else no they're the ones that have actually created it themselves they have no choice but to listen to themselves juicy you so, made this so you have to listen have you ever seen red dwarf oh yeah it's one of my favorite examples oh, yeah. of no aliens like literally no aliens. In the entire series there's not a single alien yeah. not once and i just love that idea of like billions of years into the future still no fucking no aliens, aliens. <laughs> even even the animals are human yep <laughs> 
Surprise, no aliens. <laughs> no aliens. O- oops, all humans. So, oops, all humans. <laughs> and so, you know, you might be wondering, well, that doesn't sound like much fun. Why all humans and everything else? Um, The fact that there are so many different kinds of humans. Mm. Sure. That, how about that? <laughs> I think I think people wildly underestimate the uniqueness of humans. We can do a lot of weird things with human beings. And I love that in almost every sci-fi or fantasy series, it's like human beings are the default and they're capable of anything. Mm-hmm. But then everybody else falls into like some arbitrary fucking yeah. like designation. I want the sci-fi world where it's like literally like for the first two thirds of the story whether it be like a netflix special or a book series like it's just these cool ass aliens and then the villains show up and it's finally like <laughs> oh fuck it's humans oh mm-hmm. god because when you see like a fucking klingon for the first time or a wookie or something you're like "Ooh, this is interesting how does this work if a human shows up you're like "Ooh, i know how they work and it's awful yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no not these guys <laughs> they're the worst oh, i've always loved the what is it john carter of mars like the original stories where mm-hmm. he's not actually unbelievably powerful it's just that because Mars is slightly smaller. He's suck. relatively super strong. <laughs> right. And I just, I love that idea of, uh, of like every other alien race is like just ultra fragile and we're just like these indestructible yeah. nightmare beasts. The very oh, funny shit. concept. There goes the planet. <laughs> I'm trying to make the perfect transition into Charty Party. And I can't There's no it. transition to Charty Party. Are you Charty kidding? Charty Party? Oh my. You can't, you can't transition into Charty Party. That John Carpenter sure loved him a good Charty Party. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think it's time to do a charity party. <laughs> so I think our challenge for this one, though, is despite what comes up, we'll try to put a little sci-fi spin on it, maybe. Ooh. There you go. Unless the, the the rolling completely bones us. So there's some percentage dice in front of you, sir. Uh, we're going to have our guest patch roll one set. And then another set, one of these lists is things to talk about in a party, and the other one is adventure prompts. All right. I love the term guest patch. Guest our guest patch. patch. Our guest patch. We haven't had a guest in two weeks, and I need a patch to get through the... <laughs> this will fill in. We've got 41. Okay, I love it. Great. So good. 56. All right. A dragon captures the party and takes them to her mountain lair to feed them to her wormlings. What is something that you bring with you everywhere you go? So the dragon, unfortunately, plays our hand a little bit, but that doesn't mean there can't be space dragons. Sure, sure. Yeah. So let's say the... uh, the Star Trek Enterprise team is on a new planet. Dragon comes and takes them to whatever layer it has. <laughs> but what is something that you how what is something you always bring with you everywhere you go, and how does it relate to perhaps getting out of a dragon's lair, or maybe it's something that you find when you get there? Gideon's Bible. Gideon's Bible. Bible. Be prepared the, to be bathed in the blood of the lamb, motherfucker. <laughs> not the St. John's Bible? No. We're just going to sit there and bust out some New Testament and start, <laughs> and start drowning that motherfucker in some missionary work. Wow, you're in really... In the beginning. <laughs> to be fair, the origin of Hero versus Dragon was very religiously driven. I just want to see somebody who's like, hold on, before you eat me, let me just read passages from Leviticus. Let me, <laughs> let me get real St. George on you for a second. <laughs> Did you Why know you're did going he need to... two of every animal? Did you know you're going to hell if you don't listen to me right now? So let's just take a second. What if Noah's Ark was a dragon that had to eat the animals? <laughs> take and to and to vessel them to a new location and then I like yeah. I like the idea of Noah trying to convince these animals to walk into the gullet of a giant dragon. Right. He's like, no, it's fine, we're oh, going wait, to I need four of every animal, two of them to be fed to the dragon, and the other one is to ride on its back. The only way to survive this flood is by getting into the mouth of this dragon. Don't ask me any questions. Just do it. This is a real Sophie's choice we got here. We got, we got no time. Get in. Buckle up. <laughs>
as everybody knows in the biblical times uh, animals all talked oh yeah <laughs> that's why he's reasoning with they sheep. were very conscientious about ultimatums those animals <laughs> i love the idea that so noah no doubt was a shepherder at some point or another and i like the idea <laughs> that everyone in the bible shepped at some point <laughs> like the idea that as he's trying to get every like he's like okay we're gonna get to every animal in the ark and then he looks at his own sheep and they're all just sweating like fucking bullets <laughs> gonna pick, gonna pick two play favorites <laughs> does that, that didn't include humans though that was the weird thing like why do they get to fuck <laughs> with options <laughs> like well to be fair you know it was Noah and his family so that was fun <laughs> still still pretty limited as far as options go <laughs> all right little stevie i know you and your sister get along well we're we gonna have to get along a lot better. better don't i mean this is an upgrade from sodom and gomorrah like don't get me going <laughs> a lot <laughs> Man, this is the first time we've gone to a biblical place in this uh, in this show. That's we, should, we should talk about God more. Man, you guys into this J Christ? He's the he's the best. So here's a question: What are we looking at religion wise in the Terran? Ah, uh-huh. so the the big question that I've gotten regularly is how in the hell did people get onto these planets? Mm-hmm. And the quick answer is God put them there. That's okay. just what they've all. That's just Classic what every cop out. That's what they all <laughs> just. Just that's it. They they all just you know. God they, did it. There is a yeah. There is a universal religion. Pretty much everyone follows it. I mean, the ones who don't. <laughs> I gotta say, like the best. That is like my favorite thing to explain to people when you're like talking about Battlestar Galactica. By the way, spoiler alert. Yeah, for spoiler Galactica. alert. It's, it's only like, been a few years, folks. I love that the idea that like the first season is some of the best sci-fi television ever made. Yeah, season two amazing. is garbage, and then season four is God did it. Don't think about it. <laughs> don't and think about it. What? That's it. That's a very very tight synopsis of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> like, notice how I skip season three? Because you can skip you season three. You can skip three. season three. <laughs> right. It's basically narratively Gaius Baltar being fascinating and then just like treading <laughs> through these shitty sewers and coming out clean somehow. But most of it takes place in the sewers. Exactly. Did you just make some serious fucking Shawshank Redemption? Oh, that was it. Else? It was there. I did Not intentionally, but here we are. Yep, it was done. Hey everybody, it's Law. You know, from the show you're listening to. Anyway, thanks a bunch for listening to D20 Questions. It's really wild how many people love the show, and that makes me and Zach feel really good. So maybe share it with your friends if you want to spread the good feels around and see the show get bigger. And if you think this would be a great part of the podcast to hear an advertisement, well, you can make that happen. If you have an ad or personal message, just reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com, and we can take care of that for you. Speaking of Slapdash Studios, if you're here, you probably already listened to the LUQ, which would also be fantastic to have you share with your friends, if you think about it. New LUQ episodes come out every Monday, and new episodes of D20 Questions come out, you know, whenever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Me and Zach and whoever are going to be available from the Slapdash crew, we're going to be at the Burning Cat Con on May 16th and 17th, and this con is from the makers of Exploding Kittens, Babies vs. Bears, and all that oatmeal goodness. It's going to be really silly, and honestly, it looks like one of the most unique and fun cons I've seen in a very long time. And we also just had an interview with the Hypocritical Troll, which will appear on YouTube sometime in the near future, and we'll keep you posted because that was a lot of fun. But that's enough out of me. I'll stop talking so you can get back to listening to all three of us talk. Thanks again to Patch for hanging out with us today. So what was your introduction into tabletop role-playing? Like, what was your ground zero? My ground zero was um, AD&D 2. Friends were playing it regularly at home. I'm from um, rural Oregon coast in Coos Bay. Mm-hmm. And I'm a kid of the 80s, so 
uh, it just became a natural thing for me to go over to friends' houses and play and have a good time and yada yada. Mm, um, none of these current kids never going anywhere. Never <laughs> staying. Yeah, it's all over Discord. And yeah. so we ended up um, getting a little worn on the sword and sorcery a little bit. So we started switching it up. So we changed it up to GURPS. Mm. And then we changed it up to um, to Riffs. How do you reconcile the fact that GURPS is just unplayable it's it's like how do you get past that it, we well we went we changed the riffs that's what we did it's, I mean, it, sorry, it, was, it was successful for a long time due to a lack of alternatives exactly right. sorry steve but you know that's just how it worked not out. that it isn't like really well thought through it's, it's just a great like, world. it's impressive and dumb yeah. i don't want to do that much reading to learn no. how to play the game no and then i just started reading palladium system rules and i'm like oh my god this i is like neat. i really missed out on something by like just completely dodging palladium coming uh, up like i just was, completely dodged it was it. It was a lot to take in, but you know, you know, I'm playing a little Japanese samurai character from the 1600s because I was a big, you know, I'm reading James Clavell at that age, mm. and you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to play that character and I want to do this. Mm. I mean, that's pretty typical and everything else. Next thing I know, I'm in Onis, you know, I'm in, I'm with the Oni, so mm. he's basically with the same characters and these huge, huge aliens who re revere the Japanese culture and he's this little five foot wait, six human. Wait, are you talking about giant weeaboos from uh, space? Oh yeah. That's amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> there was some wacky, wacky shit in Palladium. Oh and god, I just imagine these like stouting. giant goliaths like Naruto running down mm. there like space oh, god. corridors. Oh yeah. Oh, just yeah. giant bowls of ramen. And our GM was was totally into it. He he did it all. It was just amazing. So, but we were just having fun. And then the the desire to go back to sword and sorcery came back, and we were just you know starting mm -hmm. to have in our group, uh, you know, we're talking about you know six, seven, eight nerdy boys and girls who are playing mm -hmm. tabletop. And we started to split off a little bit along the lines, the classic line of I want to do sword and sorcery. I want to do sci-fi. Right. And so and the two factions were formed. And the two factions were formed. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Just like Goose Bay North Ben separated by a line. And so we separated out and we were just having a good time playing our game. I was with playing sci-fi and we ended up saying, okay, well, we want to play first. And this is 1988. So mm -hmm. the, the choice was immediate. It was, mm -hmm. it was Cyberpunk 2013, 2013. Yeah. So we're, we're playing Pondsmith's game right out of the gate and we're enjoying it. And we're like, uh, maybe some questionable themes here that we're not really accustomed to or really wanting to <laughs> align with. I want to see a bunch of like 14 year olds being like, there are some questionable <laughs> themes in this yeah. game well, i mean we like we like the sex and the drugs and all those things but we're but not the so rock and roll oh, <laughs> right now this so this johnny silverhand oh my god it's funny like you kind of dodged the traveler bullet then or did that cross your path it was well? there yeah but it didn't really it didn't catch right it, it, it was it was we were too that was late. more late 70s yeah yeah, yeah we totally. were it was too late i mean we ended up kept flipping back and uh -huh. getting into traveler after it was in its second but then run. you wouldn't survive character creation so you <laughs> yeah. moved to a new system <laughs> <laughs> I so, remember the idea of like uh, of like Gary Gygax and Tim Cask like leaving uh -huh. the theater as the year Star Wars started coming out and being like, "Oh boy, that's good for travelers." That's right. <laughs> good this job, is guys. Work. This is good timing. Work so we were playing Cyberpunk and having a good time, but then FASA showed up and Shadowrun did it, and that was it. FASA? So FASA was the company that started that started Shadowrun. Oh, FASA, not yeah. FAFSA. No. I thought you guys were going to college and you're like, I gotta fill out my student got, loan. Oh shit. my god, that was a couple of years later. <laughs> years move quick. Yeah, but not much longer after that, actually. Mm. But yeah, '89, and we ended up doing Shadowrun, and and I was, I said, yeah, I'll definitely learn this. I mean, based in Seattle, everybody's like having a good time. We're gonna goof off, and 
this is what brought back the whole group because now you've mm-hmm. got final you've got you've got sword and sorcery <laughs> right 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 everything i mean it's all there so yeah. you got man magic machine everything's gonna happen and we're playing a huge campaign nice yeah. like and, you can play your dwarven cleric but hop in this tank <laughs> uh-huh. exactly right and then of course they all went to um battle tech and many other uh, wonderful things all new vampire games. the masquerade world of darkness happened mm-hmm. you know, some early big, 90s big werewolf thing yeah white uh, wolf came along and kicked tsr right in the beam oh bag. <laughs> that was amazing it was astounding stuff but yeah that's that was that was those are my chops and that's where i started hell yeah i could see how that would lead to this kind of you know very story driven sci-fi setting it is it's it's i i love to write and i love to create these long campaigns and have a good time i also like understand that you know sometimes you just want to grab a laser gun and just shoot somebody in the chest <laughs> yes please <laughs> so Absolutely. you should have rules that are pretty straightforward you know i want a gun wizard okay you got Gimme. it here you go roll 2d12 done <laughs> i've been finding it very difficult to find like sci-fi games that aren't that are crunchy, you know, like mm-hmm. so many sci-fi games these days are way lacking in good crunch. Yeah. Like, I feel like there needs to be a sci-fi equivalent to like fifth edition or something like that, because like you got like fate, which is everything. And it's mm-hmm. super simplified. And I mean, granted, I jumped off the Paizo wagon many years ago, but mm-hmm. Starfinder is a Starfinder. pretty crunchy, fun, yeah. fast paced sci-fi it, setting. Is it good crunch? Like, I mean, that, that, I, like, I didn't separate from Pathfinder because I think it's a shitty system. It's a very fun, heavy math, crunchy system. Mm-hmm. I just disagreed with some of the company choices and being involved in them behind the scenes with some press stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, I don't really like Pathfinder society. I think you guys kind of suck. How noble um, of you. What's yeah. that? How noble of you. I played it for seven years, probably, though. I was in there with the Pathfinder playtest. I uh, like I, I did my time. And it was good. It was good for the. I got drafted into the Pathfinder. <laughs> no, uh, I, I I liked it for a very long time. It was a lot of fun. And I assume Starfinder is an excellent system. It's yep. just, it's if it's a direction I choose to go, mm-hmm. I like don't have the energy or mental capacity to like balance these two plates at the same time. I, right. I kind of need to focus on the the easier, funner like fast paced easy to learn 5e it's mm. just it's a comfortable pair of pants it is see i feel like 5e has that perfect amount of crunch mm-hmm. it's 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 like it's just it's like a nice crunch bar you know? right just, yeah mm. it's like a snickers with a big veiny dick mark in it <laughs> can we talk about the fact that snickers has a dick vein and no one mentions it no no it's there you're I, right I got it. you're right it's up there with camel cigarettes <laughs> with yeah. their, the veiniest of yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's more of a one-sided topic but i just had to say like how come no one talks about the snickers dick vein <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll come back to it okay please <laughs> so i got some que- i got a question for you so what do, do you do other than your your terinary like what else is there to patch i almost, I almost spit take oh my god <laughs> Uh, what don't I do? Holy cow! Um, I I'm, I do art. I am a, um, I was a career healthcare provider, mm. um, thirty years in in long term care and mm. hospital care and surgery and being a father and everything else, and getting kisses from my daughter. <laughs> Very <laughs> topical. Was adorable. It was so incredible. Cute. I'm telling you that that her timing. You know, sometimes. <laughs> Holy cow! Anyway, um, husband, wife wonderful life how was you your time both? as a wife i have both well you know i just got to be able to do everything um i moderate for geek and sundry um what's that was, like that is an interesting community to be a part of yeah. and, and to be honest probably one of the most amazing ones that i've ever had i know almost nothing about geek and sundry geek and sundry was a wild wild company and it's gone up down all around they have done more than most companies as far as like transitional changes and things exactly. in the past three years than most companies have in the past I mean, 30 the, the 
the, the legendary connection, the connection to Nerdist, everything in between. I mean, it's been a wild ride. They're, um, the paywall service that they did with Project Alpha, that's also one of the ways that I ended up getting more into 5e is because all the moderators were, were doing the actual moderating of Critical Role. Mm-hmm. And the moderators just get together and say, you know what we really ought to be doing in order to build our, our, our group a little better is maybe we should just have our own campaign and enjoy as well on right. the side. And so we just started playing 5e and having a good time. And so our DM was in Scotland. Um, we had players in Australia and Germany and, you know, time zones were hell, but we made it work. Right. And that just built our community for ourselves and it made us better moderators and it allowed us to bring in other people and to connect nice. that way. So we had a, we've been having a wonderful time. Totally. And, and like so, Twitch has been around for like quite a while. It's but been even 10 then, years. Like, but, but Geek and Sundry like totally cut a new swath in there. Fuck was, you. What? 10 years? 10 years of Twitch. Mm-hmm. No fucking way. It doesn't feel like it, but it is. Jesus. Yeah. I'm don't old. don't get me started on Minecraft. Yeah. Oh, wait, how Amazing. old is Minecraft? As old. Mm-hmm. Seriously? It's mm-hmm. like almost nine years old, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10. Oh, sounds about right. Oh, you're blowing my mind. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> they were born at All the same time are... and they went hand in hand down the beach, yeah. Minecraft and Twitch. But great communities, great people, and, you know, of course, trolls everywhere. But, you know, you just don't, you deal with it. And, you know, that also connected you with all the other amazing content creators that are out there mm-hmm. who have come from or have connected with Geek and Sundry and others. And it just, I have nothing bad I'm to trying say. to figure out the percentage of being like aware and in touch with this huge swath of like gamers, majority of them being in the US and other countries. You know, there's a lot in Australia sure. and Eastern European. Um, what is the percentage like of just these really shitty people I never want to talk to again and these incredible people that I would go to their wedding if they <laughs> asked? Because like I have my own window of that, but it's also like filtered through the <laughs> meme archive of the internet. Well, that's, just uh, to clarify, you're going to go to the shitty people's wedding too, but you're just going to drink all their booze. <laughs> crash there because they left a dumb comment on my dumb D and D. Exactly, <laughs> I I would say that the 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 percentage is extremely low. I mean, it's single digits. It can't. It's, yeah. It's because for me, low. like it's it's weirdly high. But you know, that's true with most demographics. Well, that, that really means that in. I'm pretty good moderate. Ah. Oh, I'm, I have plenty of opportunities to use the ban hammer. There you go. Oh yes, those swords. Those swords are sharp. I can't even moderate myself. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and try to control. Why do, why do you think I came on this one? So I can actually loose up a little bit. I only delete my own comments. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think that that is like my normal experience. Is like midway through any post, I'm just like nobody wants. To, nobody gives a shit. Nobody, what am I doing? Nobody right. does. The number of times I'm like th- two paragraphs into a very poignant sentence. Uh, that's poignant again. Uh, <laughs> replying to something and I'm like I don't want to deal with the repercussions of this <laughs> like fuck it backspace it's great <laughs> how many how many emails do you delete I write 20 of them and they're all in the they're all in the draft yeah it's all social media mm-hmm. I mean it's it's amazing though to see so many people being able to connect to doing these things now mm-hmm. and, and to be a part of that has been a real joy and, and just a blast so. I can imagine yeah and you know having fun you should uh you should share some of our podcasts with these. This, this I have community. Oh, I haven't. Hey. I mean, I, of course, I I talk about LEQ and 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 what we're doing here in Portland a lot because you know most of the time the focus is going to be on Burbank or on Seattle as far as the mm. West Coast is concerned, and you know I think Portland's got something going on here that few people are Almost really certainly. fully aware of that Where, we could do something amazing. Here. Where's Burbank? Burbank? It's outside of LA. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my my understanding of like American geography is dog shit. <laughs> 
Like we can talk about like any country that was involved in World War One, and I will go off on all the details of like who's bordering whom. But you're like, oh yeah, I'm from Bend. Where? Where? <laughs> Tell me about Warsaw now, right? Yeah, for me, it's like California, Montana, eh, Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> There's Wisconsin That's in between there, it. right? Yeah, it's sure. Not, probably. Yeah. That sounds right. It's up. It's it's up, right? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say this, and I'm sorry for all of your audience listeners in, in Des Moines, but you know what? Iowa, no thank you. Never again. <laughs> the last time I tried to list every state, I think I listed Delaware three times because I was afraid I was going to forget Delaware. And I'm like, so you're welcome, Delaware. Yeah, <laughs> like a weird Stockholm syndrome with remembering Delaware. <laughs> like, don't forget Delaware. Don't forget Delaware. Don't forget Delaware. How did I forget New York? <laughs> uh, it's a country. I mean, it's not. It's a city and a state. <laughs> And Come probably on, a country a somewhere. Town. Give it a decade. <laughs> they will secede, I'm sure. Indeed. There's a whole book about them seceding. It's called Terranary. You can buy an online exactly. Kickstarter. Exactly. Online Kickstarter right here. Yeah. That's it. They're all from New Hampshire. God just ported <laughs> all of New York to this other <laughs> random exactly fucking solar system. system. It turns out this is post-rapture. Everyone got zipped off of Earth and put on three weird moons. Jinkies, they figured it out. <laughs> well, I blew my 15 bucks for the wrong reason. <laughs> Plot spoilers. I do like the idea of a post-rapture sci-fi, though. Mm. How do you know that you're not in the middle of one right See, now? my bedroom <laughs> looks like the rapture just happened because there's just clothes everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> or like Night of the Comet. Right, just, yeah. Just... Everyone just poofed with really dirty pants on. Yeah. Like, there was a reason mama always said clean underwear clean right. underwear but I, they're not gonna go with you like if god ports everyone to heaven is he gonna bring their fucking khakis like, like, <laughs> it turns out the only piece of clothing you're gonna get is whatever hat you're wearing oh that's <laughs> cool actually the truth is that god is actually calvin klein ah. <laughs> i do like the idea of everyone having this kind of like androgynous identical form in heaven except for their hat <laughs> like that's how you could tell them apart <laughs> And if you didn't have a hat, fuck you. Ooh, can I get one out of the, the lost and found? I'm sorry. So I got a question. Yeah. Uh, where do we want to find you? Like, if we're going to point people in your direction, where do we go? So I am available on uh, Twitter as patch underscore Adam. Terranary is available at Terranary. That's T-E-R-R-A-N-A-R-Y dot com. And also on Instagram and same places, and you'll find me there. And on Kickstarter, it's just like, is it just kickstarter.com slash Terranary? You'll just find it under Terranary. There you go. Zine Quest 2, easy enough. It's Probably under some right big lists with Zine Quest 2. Very much so. And this is a great Kickstarter. Uh, one of the things I really like about it is it's not a huge investment to get a lot of the content. You know, some people are like, oh, give us 40 bucks for this book you've never heard of. This is very reasonable. It's a nice zine. It's concise. I imagine it's going to be a very tight rule set that you can really sink your teeth into very and much. kind of make your own as you need. Yeah, Try something new. God, stop playing D&D for like five minutes and play something yeah, just interesting. Just fucking stop. <laughs> this, is, this is something new. It's, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, 15 bucks. Made it very simple. It's awesome. 48 pages minimum. Well, uh, this has been our exciting episode of D20 Questions with Patch. Thank you for joining us so much. We're very happy to have you here, and we're excited to play some Terranary down the road when everything is done. I'm really excited to see the artwork. You've got Sarah Yoshi working for you, and I'm oh, a big yes. fan. She's awesome. She's fantastic. And uh, if you're curious about her fantastic art, you can follow her at Art Gnome, U-W-U on Twitter. Art Gnome, ooh, ooh. 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 <laughs> it's very Sarah Yoshi. Uh, very fun, clean line work, cartoony style. I'm very excited to see the sci-fi versions of her work. We've got to get her on here. We've got to get her on the you show. I would love that. She's a lot of... Do you have a podcast, too? I can't remember what it's called. Seriously? But, uh, Birds and Words. How are we not... How is there no... Birds and Words. Collaboration here so I think far. it's pretty new. Okay. Let's make that happen. Pretty new. Yeah, we got to get her on the show. Um, and of course, check us out for the League of Ultimate Questing. Just visit us at slapdashstudios.com. You can see game lore, character sheets, things like that. We're on Patreon, Slapdash Studios. 
Follow us on social media at Slap the Dash for Instagram and Twitter or just Slap Dash Studios on Facebook. We have bonus content on Fridays. We post a lot of memes. It's a good time. You're also going to want to check back on our Patreon if you want to see our D21 sides. We're about to talk mm-hmm. with Patch now that we're slightly soused and things are just going to get a little bit more fun. A little juicy. But that being said, I want to thank you for coming to D20 Questions and I want you to tune in next time where we will be discussing the regime of wealthy birds known as the Aricocracy. Aricocracy. Nice. <laughs> Well played. Very Not nice. even a, I like. I like that I got nice and well played. Not a single laugh. Just silence. I'm, I don't know if I'm. <laughs> this is going to be a deep belly one later. I'm saving it up. 